G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You know, it's the holding each other's hands, it's the touch, it's the playing with the hair, it's those little things building up to, and sometimes you have to actually be very intentional. How is your marriage going? Are you just going through the motions or is your marriage in need of a service? We all need some help from time to time. My wife and I spoke to an online group on the topic of keeping the spark alive, using biblical truths a number of helpful tips we reminded couples of the importance to invest in their marriage. Stay tuned for part two of Keeping the Spark Alive by Kate and myself, Brett Ryan, for Focus on the Family, Australia. Now we're just going to keep on going through about how we can continue to keep that spark alive, keep those things. And these are, you know, they may be basic, but often we don't do these things. We know what to do, but we don't do it. And for me, as a husband, I need to continue to show appreciation and acknowledge what Kate contributes around the household. She's a great mother. She manages our finances. Uh, she's my number one cheerleader. I love that. I appreciate that. I don't ever want to take her for granted. Yeah. And I need to encourage her and, and treat her with the utmost value and respect and that positive reinforcement. But I value her opinions. I, I want her opinions. I don't want just to treat her saying, oh, I know what I, I need to do. And especially if that culture you're coming from, if the man needs to be in charge, you know, we're meant to submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. Submit means I lay down my wants, my needs, my desires to prefer you, that you're more important than what I do. And if we can do that in marriage, man, it will change the trajectory of your marriage hugely. And this is both ways, of course, submit one to another. It's not just one way. Um, And when we have that desire to build up the other person, this whole list here is about getting back to basics. It's the simple things, the please and thank yous. You know, even now when Brett drives us home from somewhere, I mean, if he's driving, as we get home, I say thank you. Thank you for driving us. If he opens the door for me, thank you. Because he opens the car door for me when I get in the car. He opens the house door and lets me go in first. He's gentlemanly. And so I don't take that for granted. I am so grateful. And so I always say thank you. Like if I make a meal, he will say thank you. If I've done the folding and, you know, or he does the folding, we both say thank you. And our boys do that now for their spouses. And it's nice to see that they learned from that our behaviours, because honestly, we are always role modelling. Your kids are watching and observing. If you've got children, it's important to establish those those little things make all the difference. And it's just nice to know that your spouse sees that. They see that you're serving them. Um, This is one of the things they're doing. It can be really simple, but for you to go, thank you, I see that. You know, that's really precious to me. It definitely keeps Um, that spark It does keep the spark. And uh, Kate's alluded to this a little bit before about, you know, we've journeyed this. We're not just theorists, we're practitioners that you have to persevere even when things don't go to plan. And so in our 
second or third year of marriage, somewhere around there, Kate was involved in a serious car accident and uh, she was bedbound bed for about 18 months. And so physical intimacy was not on the cards. It just wasn't happening because she was in so much pain and she was miraculously healed. But for those 18 months, we had to establish our friendship was so much more valued, not the eros, that love that people think, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. That was definitely on the back burner. It was a deep abiding love that came through. Yeah. And so we were closer because we approached it that way. Now, Brett could have gone, oh, well, I'm not getting what I need. I could go elsewhere, but he didn't. He made the intentional decision to pursue me, even though I was in a very compromised position and vulnerable position of being ill, injured. And so, I mean, in that time, I was told I was infertile. There was a whole bunch of things that happened during that time that we had to walk through. But God was faithful and we chose to follow his way. And we came out the other side so much stronger because we respected each other, we honoured each other, and we trusted God in the process. And so, yes, in the middle it can look so hard, but at the same time I watched God do the most extraordinary things. I was healed. I ended up being able to get pregnant. You know, the woman who came in to help serve us because I couldn't even lift my baby, she was turned out to be a Christian. And, you know, just one thing after another where God came through where things were so hard and so complicated, Mm. but yet he kept turning up and we kept turning up. And we look back, for me particularly, I go, the depth of my relationship with God and the depth of my relationship with Brett just became so much deeper in the hard times because we were forced to press in. Um, If we turn our back on that and going, this is too hard, then we we miss those precious times to press into God and press in with our spouse. And all of these things are the highs and lows of marriage. And as kids come on the scene and different life stages, the hormonal changes that can affect those things, and we've already mentioned finances, these things are going to affect the spark, so to speak. But if you're always considering the other person and being mindful of the other person, persevering despite the circumstances, as you go through this, and all the research actually points to this, as you go through the tough times, you come out through the other side stronger and healthier and your relationship is healthier and happier. It's really important to consider what you're going through and talk it through, even when it's hard and they're tough and courageous conversations to have, but we need to go through those things. Um, One of the things that I'd like to encourage, when we go to work, the people who see us there, they don't see us with our spouse. Now, we do because we work together, but generally we go off to work and so you can look single, you know, they don't see your family, they don't see your spouse, you're just there. So one of the things to affair-proof your marriage, uh, because it's such a big thing in this culture for unfaithfulness, is have a photo of your husband, have a photo of your kids, and when you have conversations, you know, personal conversations, always include, oh, my husband and I, oh, my wife and I, oh, my kids, and, you know, we did this and we did that. And always consider them in your conversations. The temptation 
to live out this certain life, you know, in a workplace because they don't know your family, they haven't seen it. We need to affair proof our marriages. And I, I can say this because I came from a family where my father was unfaithful. And, and he kind of lived this life at the workplace that was totally separate from his family. And so just those simple tips I gave you just lets people know I'm taken. I love my spouse. Our family's a united front. You know, don't even go there. Yeah. And so even ringing your spouse during the day or texting to say that you're thinking of them, you're thinking about them, you know, you're looking forward to getting home, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You've got to guard your relationship vigilantly. And if you think it can't happen to you, think again. The Bible we're, clearly we're, states we're it We're all fallen creatures. Yeah. We've all fallen short of our ideal. And if someone doesn't wake up one day and say, I want to destroy my marriage and I want to destroy my family. And then by doing that, I'm going to have an affair. Now, it's usually little things that you might subtly go down that pathway or spending a little extra time. That person really connects with me. They really listen to me. My spouse doesn't do that. These little things happen and we get to hear the heartbreaking stories at the other end. And so we talk about this, about guarding your heart because it's the wellspring of life. It's where everything comes from. And that includes pornography. That's a big factor in this and other addictive behaviors. You need to be very vigilant about trying to ensure that it won't happen on your watch. But if you think it won't happen to you, think again. Everything starts in the mind, okay? That's where it's going to start. If you entertain any thoughts of impurity, you will go down that track. The more you entertain, the more it becomes a possibility. You know, when God says take every thought into captivity, that's what you have to do. You have to be talking to yourself with positive words that God says that I am to take this thought into captivity and flee immorality. Yeah. And so, you know, that's very strong language. And we, he gives us a way out. He does give us a way out. And if we've got problems with it, we need to get a mentor to walk alongside yeah. and us. And don't think of the uh, same sex. Other people, it's only you who've got this issue. No. Maybe if it's pornography or if you're feeling a, an emotional connection to another human being, I really encourage you to talk to one of your pastors, one of the leaders, speak to someone that you trust. There's no blame, there's no guilt shame. or shame, but yet love and accountability will make it so much better for you and your relationship. And because as we were saying, above all else, guard your heart, but everything you do flows from it. Cannot emphasize that enough. And so Kate's mentioned this before about, you know, submit one to another, you know, serving one another. And we work together as a team. I love doing ministry with my wife. I mean, it's just fantastic. We, we work uh, in tandem. We finish where one person can hand over different things, but also practically, you know, there's sometimes when I can do more than Kate and Kate's health issues have been uh, compromised. I've been able to do a lot more around the household because we work together as a team. She doesn't have to do everything for me to show love to her. I do it because I want to serve her. I want to make her life as painless and as burden-free as possible, and then vice versa. Mm. She wants to encourage me and, and to lessen my load. And if we do that, man, it can just make such a difference. And so you have to make sure that you're doing things not just to get something. I know I've been guilty of this. If I do the washing and I do the cleaning and I do preparing the meals, I'm thinking maybe... I might get lucky tonight. I might, I might think that that's, that's my win. That's my reward. But if I go in with that attitude, 
And then because she comes home from work or comes home and she's really tired or she's not feeling very well, my expectation hasn't been met. I feel deflated. I feel like I'm being ripped off. And then you're just going, oh, it's not, you know, and she doesn't even know all this. This is my mind that's doing all this. My expectations were not met. So you have to guard your heart, your attitude and your motive. Yeah. So we've got a couple more things to do. I mean, uh, keeping short accounts when it comes to, because our spouse is going to annoy us. They're going to tick us off. Let's just face it. Kate does it, but I might do it for her. But if I do stuff up and I do things, she doesn't hold a grudge about them. She forgives and forgets and so moves on. Forgives and forgets and moves on. You know, forgiveness is about us. Otherwise, you know, it eats us up at our heart and we can be embittered. Um, we don't want that to eat into our relationship. Uh, forgetting is probably the hardest thing to do, especially if you've been really hurt. But like any wound, if you don't feed it, you know, if you don't keep replaying it, we have to stop replaying in our mind about what they did or what they said or what, you know, we have to nip that in the bud. And like with any wound, it fades. It may not go away, but it fades. And so we have to let it heal. We have to forgive and we will forget over time. Um, it may not be instantaneous, but if we stop feeding it, it will, yeah. it will go away. Um, God forgets our. Yes. He not only forgives us, but he forgets our sins. Yes. So he throws our sins into the sea of his forgetfulness. And so if God can do that for us, we need to be doing that for our spouse. Yeah. Um, and in doing so, you know, being really sincere about that, if they ask for forgiveness and we say yes. Then we have to. Then forgiveness doesn't look back. You know, true forgiveness doesn't keep looking back. You let it go and you move forward. Yeah. Yeah. The book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, which many people have at their weddings, we did as well. Yeah. But this is not talking about just husband and wife love. It's talking about love in families, love in community. But it does make a big difference. And we need to ensure that, you know, love always hopes, love always protects, love always perseveres, always trusts. You know, those things, love never fails. Mm-hmm. You need to apply yourself and how you apply your love to your spouse and be a good little survey to see how you're going in those areas. Yeah, where are we falling short? Yeah. Um, Because I think, you know, sometimes we do need to hold that mirror right up in our face and go, where are we falling short um, in this area and why? We've got to look at the why. A lot of it has to do with our family of origin (laughs) um, and what happened when we were growing up because that's where we learn everything. Yeah. We learn everything back there, yeah. how to communicate, how to argue, how to show affection, how to manage money, everything. Yeah. Everything is learned right back then. doesn't matter whether you're in your actual biological home or you were raised by grandparents or you're in a foster home. It doesn't matter. That's where you learn. And so if there's something that's holding you back, then that needs to be really dealt with. Yeah. Family of origin is a very big topic in itself. You're listening to Brett and Kate Ryan, and I hope you're enjoying the show. Stay with us as we continue our online marriage presentation called Keeping the Spark Alive, right here on Focus on the Family, Australia. The 
Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. Hi and welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. I'm Brett Ryan and today's broadcast is an online marriage presentation by myself and my wife Kate called Keeping the Spark Alive. You know, we're talking about keeping the spark alive. A lot of people say, well, that's all about physical intimacy. It's it's not. It's not the penultimate. It's not everything, but it is significant. It's an important aspect of a marital relationship. Because it's connection. And we're not going to be connection. talking about how to do that. That's no. up to you. You know, like there's lots of books if you want some encouragement. And we've got great resources that focus on the family Australia. But intimacy is not just... Uh, the physical side of things, but it's also that emotional connection. And that's what we've been building up to, all that emotional communication, handling conflicts, serving one another, understanding what makes your spouse tick. That leads you up. That leads to this beautiful thing that God has created. And sex is a wonderful thing. It's an expression of that complete vulnerability, that intimacy in the ideal setting, as God has said, is in relationship in marriage and that covenantal relationship in marriage. And it's those little things that can make all the difference. And, you know, it's the holding each other's hands. It's the touch. It's the playing with the hair. It's those little things building up to, and sometimes you have to actually be very intentional, put it in the calendar. It may not seem very spontaneous, but putting those things in the calendar Make it so it is a priority. I am thinking about you. I am not ignoring you. Life has got the best of us and I'm feeling exhausted. I'm feeling tired. But I do want to make sure that you know that I am making you a priority and communicate that. Make sure that they know that you're thinking about those. And that might be a text. It might be a little note. It may be even saying something in the morning that this might happen in the night if all goes well. Those things can make all the difference in a relationship between a husband and wife and keeping that spark alive. In every part of this kind of intimacy side can be affected by what's happening externally. Tiredness when you've got little kids is a huge one for mums, absolutely huge. And fathers can feel like they have taken a back seat. The husbands um, can feel like I was there, I was my wife's number one, and then baby comes along, and then baby number two, and baby number three, or however many you have. And all of a sudden, he feels superseded. Now, our husbands need to know that they are number one. We were with our husband or wife first. We are a family first. Our children are going to be raised and they're going to go and we're going to be with our spouse again at the end. And so we want to know, we want to be connected. We want them to know that they were number one the whole way through. Yes, our children need time, but our children will be happier and healthier knowing that we are number one to each other. You know, back even, this is just a little parenting thing, but if the boys took a tone with me, Brett would actually say, don't speak to my wife like that because he was letting them know that I was number one to him and I was precious to him. And so he would say, don't speak to my wife like that. She's precious. Uh, You don't take that tone. And so they are now like that themselves. 
You know, it's it's really important that they understand that the husband and wife is a unit first and Brett would always kiss me first coming through the door before the kids. You know, they'd come running at his legs and he would kind of pat them on the head, but he'd say, I'm just going to kiss mum first, I'm just going to kiss her first and then I'll kiss you. So there was always, it was always this hierarchy that they knew that the husband and wife unit was first and they were next mm. in line but that made them feel safe. And so that's the greatest gift we can give for our children to know that mum and dad love each other. Yeah. And, you know, my heart breaks for people who don't have that. It takes work. It doesn't just happen. We're humans who can be selfish. We're humans who want our own way. But we've got to work together to build a united front and get on each other's page. And because we're so different, we also can have differences of expectations. Mm. And then uh, we talk about libido is another big factor yes. and hormonal changes and different times of the month, busyness, all these things, they are only going to be resolved by talking mm. to one another. You can't yeah. just assume the other person knows what you're thinking. And you have to navigate that. And if one's got a higher libido than the other, then you have to get that compromise. So you don't want to have someone suffering at the expense of the other person. It's not a compromise. It's actually trying to make sure that it's a win-win for both individuals yeah. in the relationship. So we got, again, some great resources on this and, and we can't cover it all, but they're just a little bit of a taste. And the final thing is for husbands, uh, we've got an on and off button when it comes to sex, <laughs> women have a different set of circumstances. They have to get the right combinations, the right knobs. And then just when you think you've got the right code, then <laughs> you know, it changes. And they forget their code as well. They can't <laughs> remember the password. So that's the difference between men and women when it comes to intimacy. But it's not always the case. Sometimes no, men it's the other uh, way. can be the other way. Yep. But just being aware of that. And the final thing is, and I think Kate's already mm. mentioned about having fun together, yeah. doing life together, being silly, it bonds you together and that brings you together. Yeah. It keeps the spark alive rather than just taking one another for granted and just sit and watch the TV or Netflix and, and not communicating yeah. with one another. We love spending time together. We love playing games together, going for walks. We were dancing in the bathroom this morning and we had the music playing and just having fun. It was just joy, laughter. And Kate was feeling really tired but she started dancing and then picked her up and these are the things and again we're not trying to say that we've got it all together but we're also we want to encourage you to have that fun and laughter we we want to have that next phase you know the empty nest phase we want it to be wonderful um it's funny because we've talked to so many people and we actually thought oh gosh empty nesting because we were very close to our boys and we're thinking oh how will that be you know, and we're driving back from our last son getting married and we're in two different cars and Brett rang me and we talked because we were up in the country and we had to drive back to Melbourne. So we talked on the phone to each other all the way home and going, this is exciting. <laughs> what do we get to do now? Will we get a caravan? What will we do? And I go, I don't want a caravan. So then we had this funny conversation around, you know, camping and caravanning and whatever, but we started to plan, you know, and we We talked. didn't get a caravan, but it we was actually, nice to talk about it. We actually talked because we wanted to prepare ourselves, talk to other people in the same situation or ahead of you. So we talked to a lot of people who'd gone into denesting and every single one said, it's amazing. You'll love it. (laughs) You're going to love it. Um, And we're like, really? And so now we're here and we're like, oh, this is so cool. 
that worked because we'd built our close relationship yeah. and we'd kept a close relationship and we're excited about the future together because we put each other first. And so we want to encourage you to just continue to build, fall in love with each other, go on dates, celebrate the past things. Our marriage is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. And so you are going to face all manner of things. It's not if, it's when. Yeah. And that can be loss of parents. It can be, you know, loss of spouse. There's so many things that you will be confronted with mm. in your journey. But if we turn to God and allow him to be our centre and letting him take control. Yeah. But if we can be of any service to you, whatever you're going through, please don't hesitate to contact us and we'll send you in the right direction. We're just going to close in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for the husbands and wives and the relationships that exist here today. We know there'll be some people who may be doing it really tough and it may seem so easy to hear us and how we've gone through the tough times. And I pray it may be an encouragement to them that we've been able to go through life and overcome these things with your help, God. And we need your help. We can't do it in our own strength and our own efforts and our own intellect. We need you to mm. guide us and to shape us. And Father, I pray for those who are really doing it tough, let them put up their hand to get the right help, right support, right counseling that they need. But for those who are doing it well, let's celebrate that. And may they go from strength to strength to build a household of faith, to have a mm. God-honoring legacy mm. of family and relationships that will be admired from afar as well as close, that people will say, that's what I want. I want that for my relationship in the future. I pray a blessing upon them, and I pray that it go from strength to strength. We ask for this in your most precious, most wonderful name. Amen. Amen. You are listening to part two of an online presentation called Keeping the Spark Alive by my wife, Kate, and myself, Brett Ryan. We hope that some of the biblical truths and relational tips will bring you and your spouse a little closer. If your marriage is having some challenges, we'd encourage you to seek counselling sooner rather than later. We highly recommend the Christian Counsellors Association of Australia. Their website is ccaa.net.au. For more resources and other marriage events, including our free online marriage assessment, go to our website at families.org.au. Thanks for listening. I'm Brett Ryan. On behalf of the team here at Focus, we look forward to you tuning in again for another edition of Focus on the Family, Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.